Vidanya to all you Russian agents and Ukrainian double agents. This is the Ruben Report direct message for October. Is it the 28th? It's the 28th already, man. I had to actually look down because time has flitted away. It seems like yesterday was two months ago. Two months ago was eight years ago. It is October 28th, 2020. We are six days away from the big election. And actually, right after this, I'm going to vote. I'm gonna actually vote in person. And then don't worry, guys, I'm gonna mail in several other ballots when I get home after that. So obviously I'm gonna take part in democracy at, at the highest possible level, but I am gonna actually vote in person when I wrap this up. I thought in honor of election day, I haven't worn a jacket on these direct messages in a while. I thought I'd get go old school, I'm wearing a jacket. I'm actually even wearing pants. I usually wear shorts when I'm doing this, not to blur the illusion for you fine people. Uh, so it's gonna be a big day around here. Uh, we've got a lot to get to. There are just all sorts of crazy things happening. We'll do some silly stuff, some serious stuff, and the rest of it. Uh, before I get to that real quick though, guys, uh, the Blaze Media is offering 30 bucks off an annual subscription, making Blaze TV available for the incredibly low price of only 5.75 a month. As you guys know, the Blaze uh, does distribute the Rubin Report and the direct messages. I love working with the guys. They're not my bosses. Glenn is not my boss. Nobody there is my boss. I make the show I want to make. We hand it to the Blaze. And uh, if you want to subscribe, you can get it for a great price. And that goes through Election Day, November 3rd. I assume because the war starts the next day and it would be hard to track the people that subscribe at that point. Okay, we're going to do uh, three stories for you today. Uh, as we speak right this very moment, Jack from Twitter and Mark from Facebook and the Google guy. They're uh, talking to Ted Cruz and the other senators and the congressmen about big tech. It's more of the big tech theater. And unfortunately at this point, six days before the election, it pretty much is just theater because obviously whatever interference they're running, whatever censorship, they've done whatever stories they've de-boosted, whatever stories they've amplified, the, the effects of those things have already affected us in ways that we can't even imagine. And the idea that the government is now gonna do something about it six days before an election is, is sort of theater. Uh, but at the same time, I think having them testify, getting the information out, having more people wake up is still good. Whether the government can actually do anything in six days, I think the ship has sailed on that one. So we're gonna talk about that. And there's, an, there's really an incredible exchange uh, with Ted Cruz, who, as you guys know, he's been on the forefront of the fight against big tech. And uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter may have gotten himself into some serious hot water as per some information we're getting just in the last couple of minutes. And we're gonna show you a tweet, but it seems, at least appears that he did lie under oath and that is a felony. Uh, so Jack could be in some trouble and he could be in some trouble because of that beard. I mean, have you seen that thing? Something, something ain't right. Although I tweeted out this morning, uh, and from what I understand, if you microdose a very small amount of magic mushroom, psilocybin, uh, and you stare at his beard long enough, you can actually see uh, the algorithm, the Twitter algorithm, and how they shadow ban people. You have to stare at it for about five minutes while microdosing. So we're gonna talk about that. Uh, we're also gonna talk about Tony Bobulinski, which is definitely the best name in politics right now. It keeps reminding me of Soda Popinski from uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out way back when. Remember you had Glass Joe, you had uh, King Hippo, and then Soda Popinski. Uh, but Tony Bobulinski, who was a business partner with uh, Hunter Biden, and they had involvement 
uh, with this Chinese firm. Uh, he talked to Tucker Carlson last night. We're gonna show you two minutes of it and sort of unpack it. Although, as I've been saying to you guys, the bigger issue these days is not the specific stories. It's not even the corruption. It's that only people on the right are talking about this. Only Fox News is covering it. And pretty much all of mainstream media and lefty media is ignoring it. And thus we end up in two worlds and that, that's a big problem. Uh, so I'm gonna play some of the clip and then, uh, and then you'll decide. Uh, and then the third story for today will be uh, Philadelphia is on fire right now. There were massive protests and riots last night. Of course, you all know protesting is fine. Looting stores, attacking people, uh, ransacking stores. These are not allowed, burning things down, not allowed, not allowed. So uh, I'm gonna show you some video on that and we'll talk about it. And of course this was in, in response to a police shooting and you're not gonna believe this, but the guy they shot had a knife. If you don't wanna get shot by the police, don't, don't pull a knife at them. Uh, before we get to that guys, I wanna talk about second thoughts. I'll even do it this way. I'm gonna talk about second thoughts, although if you do it this way, it will be a different way of thinking about the game. Second thoughts is this year's new favorite party game that's sure to be the hit of your next friends and family game night. The play of the game calls for each team to quickly create a list of words for their opponents to decipher, leading to hilarious bepuzzlement and laughter. Simply put, it's a classic word guessing game with a unique twist that allows players to personalize the content with their voluminous sense of wordsmithery or just their witty and warped imaginations. Each round of second thoughts is a hilarious high-speed attempt to stump the other team. Both teams create a list of five things using the letters revealed from the colored dice be witty and wise, but don't take too long because time is not on your side. The amount of time it takes your team to create the list is the exact amount of time your opponents get to guess them. Second thoughts, the quick thinking versus fast talking party game. Fast talking, not bad, although I'm no Ben Shapiro. Get yours today at secondthoughtsthegame.com. That's secondthoughtsthegame.com or at your local Target store, assuming it hasn't been burned down. And now back to today's headlines. Whoa. All right, here we go. Uh, let's talk about big tech. So. I won't belabor a lot of this because you guys know my, my thoughts on big tech. I should say that, look, I am a, I am a creature of the internet, I suppose, right? I, I, my success and any reason that anyone knows about anything I do, the fact that I was able to write a book that people bought, that people care about what I think, that my interviews have, have had some relevance in, in some way in the national conversation and everything else, the fact that when I go to the supermarket, people say nice things to me. These are all things because of big tech. These are things because of YouTube, because of Twitter and Facebook and the rest of it. So I'm, I'm very appreciative that these things exist. And I think, you know, most of us, especially at the beginning, remember, remember what big tech felt like to you maybe 15 years ago or 10 years ago when you first got on Facebook and it was like, oh, there's an old friend from high school I haven't seen in 15 years. Or, oh, I'm interested in this you know, gaming community and I never knew anyone else was into this game or whatever it might be that you could connect with all of these people, you could see old family pictures, all of this stuff and it felt kind of good and on Twitter you could follow, you could actually communicate with celebrities that maybe you really liked or an athlete that you loved. And there was all this good stuff and we were sharing things and then politics kind of got into everything and then everyone started fighting and hating each other and all of those things and of course, as I would say to anything else, it's on you to decide how you wanna behave with these tools, right? Big tech technology in essence is like fire, right? Like fire is really good and that it can heat your home and it can make the water boil and that's pretty good, but it can also burn down that house and it can you know, burn your face off. So it's just a tool and it's how you use it that's the important thing. 
Um, so I'm not gonna sit here and, and talk about these uh, hearings as if big tech is just so evil. It's not in and of itself evil. And by the way, these companies that are, that are created, these giant behemoth companies, you know, they're just created by people. So when I can make fun of Jack from Twitter or Zuckerberg, it's like, they're just people who have flaws and, and obviously have done some good things too and everything else. Um, but maybe just people can't really run these giant behemoth things. And that's, that's an issue that we're all gonna have to deal with. And then of course, there's all the issues related to, uh, to what happens. What's the role of government at that point when, when corporations have become so big and powerful that the founders could have never possibly imagined. Uh, they always feared the power of government, but now that there's, a, there's another power that, you know, in essence, supersedes that power. So anyway, uh, a couple of the big tech CEOs are testifying before the Senate right now. It's happening right now. So this is all happening in the last hour or so. Uh, and there was an exchange between uh, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Senator, obviously from Texas, and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. Let's take a look. So let me ask you something. You claimed it was because of a hacked materials uh, policy. I find that facially uh, highly dubious and clearly employed in, in a deeply partial way. Did Twitter block the distribution of the New York Times' story a few weeks ago that purported to be based on copies of President Trump's tax returns? We didn't find that a violation of our terms of service and this policy in particular because it was reporting about the material. It wasn't distributing okay. the material. Okay, well, that's actually not true. They, they posted what they purported to be original source materials, and federal law, federal statute makes it a crime, a federal felony, to distribute someone's tax returns against their knowledge. So that material was based on something that was distributed in violation of federal law, and yet Twitter gleefully allowed people to circulate that. But when the article was critical of Joe Biden, Twitter engaged in rampant uh, censorship and silencing. And again, we recognized errors in that policy. We we changed it within 24 hours. This is this but is. But you're still blocking the New York Post. You haven't changed it. We have changed it. They can log into their account, delete the original tweet. Uh, that was you forced the Politico reporter to take down his post about the New York Post as well. Is that correct? Within that 24-hour period, yes. But we, you know, as the policy has changed. Anyone can tweet so the Twitter takes the view. You can censor the New York Post. You can censor Politico. Presumably, you can censor the New York Times or any other media outlet. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing? views to the contrary of your political beliefs. Let, let's give uh, Mr. Dorsey uh, uh, a few seconds to answer that, and th then we'll have to conclude this this um, segment. Mr. Well, we're, we're not doing that. Uh, and this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize we need to earn trust more. We realize that more accountability is needed to show our intentions and to show the outcomes. Thank you, um, Senator. So I, I hear the concerns and acknowledge them, but we want to fix it with more transparency.
So what Ted Cruz just did there was a little bit of a Mortal Kombat finish him move. He just uh, decapitated Mr. Jack, ripped his spine out, shook the blood all around, and then uh, chucked it over his shoulder. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there. First, I just I should note that uh, you know Ted Cruz, since he got the beard, and people have said this to me, something happens to people when they get a beard, and they become sort of cleaner or clearer or something, apparently, because that that doesn't seem like the Cruz of four years ago. Uh, that guy, that guy really knows what he's doing and, and is making some seriously good points. I, I don't know if it's fully beard related, but I think there's something there. But then the beard can also overtake you as a human, much like Venom and Spider-Man, black suit Spider-Man. And that I think is what has happened to uh, Jack with that ridiculous beard. He's been overtaken by the evil parasite. Ted Cruz, me, a couple other people. If you keep it trim like this, I think you can work with it instead of having it completely own you. Um, so I wanna quickly just, uh, well, let, let's, talk, let's talk quickly about what happened with, uh, with Ted Cruz there, and then we'll, we'll jump to something else. So Ted Cruz had a couple things there. First off, at the end when he was talking about uh, the, the difference between the Trump tax returns and this New York Post story, uh, he said that it, uh, Jack's response was, oh, it wasn't distributing it, it was reporting about it, meaning about the tax returns. Now that's just nonsense because they were distributing it. Uh, but the bigger issue right now, and I'm gonna pull up a tweet in just a second, is that Ted Cruz subsequently, after this interview, this was just about an hour and a half ago, uh, he may have just caught Jack in a lie, and you're not allowed to lie to the Senate, that is a felony, because Jack basically said that, that well, first off, the New York Post is still locked out of their account. That's number one. I think it's been about 11, 12 days now. They are still locked out of their account. That's number one. That wasn't necessarily the lie. The lie was the implication that you could put this tweet up and you'd still be okay with it. So let's throw to, to Ted Cruz's tweet, which is just from within the last hour. And he said, what Jack told the Senate under oath is false. I just tried to tweet the New York Post story alleging Biden's CCC, uh, CCP corruption still blocked. 18 U.S.C. 1621 makes it a felony to lie under oath to the Senate. In essence, and, and Jack is gonna obviously pretend he didn't know what he was talking about or mince words one way or another, but in essence, he just lied under oath and is going to be and probably should be in a lot of trouble. You cannot post the link. Then if you look in, in Ted Cruz's tweet, he, it was a retweet of uh, Abigail Marone, and she has a video of trying to do it, and Ted Cruz says he just tried to post the link himself. So. Look, this story ain't going anywhere. As I said, a lot of this is theater, right? It's theater because it's it's so close to the election. It's like, what can you guys do at the time at this point? However, Jack lying under oath does seem like a bigger story at this point. And I think, and this has been the bigger problem with this thing from the beginning. You you grow these companies so big that in essence they have more power than the government, but you don't have the founding documents like the Constitution that we have to keep everyone honest, to separate the powers, to have checks and balances. And then ultimately what you get is a guy like Jack Dorsey, who, I don't know, I'm guessing he's probably a halfway decent human being, but in essence can't manage the company. And by the way, he also is the CEO of some other company. Um, I don't even remember what it is, but it's like, oh, is, is the job of the Twitter CEO so easy? You can also be the CEO of another company that, that seems pretty crazy. And that actually brings me, it's a fine segue, uh, to talk about Talent Inc, guys. With today's high unemployment rates and uncertain opportunities, it's hard to plan for the future, yet 
alone look for a new job. Here at the Rubenport, we understand that the struggle is real. And actually, we just finished hiring a new position and realized quickly how important it is to have a resume that stands out among the rest. We got something like 1,500 resumes when we just hired for my new director. When it comes to writing your own resume, there's an unlimited number of things that can go wrong, and the cost of those mistakes can be a missed opportunity to secure, secure your dream job. Getting an expert opinion on your resume might be the difference between getting the job and getting rejected. As an employer, I wanna know what value you bring to the table. How have you contributed to the companies you've worked for? Top Resume is the world's premier resume writing service, writing and analyzing more than four million resumes and LinkedIn profiles every year. Top Resume's professional writers will create a resume that showcases your talents, achievements, experience, and career goals using keywords and skills that recruiters are seeking. Job seekers using top resume are interviewed two to three times more often and have proven to be three times more likely to secure a new job than those using self-written resumes. In addition, 68% of those who were hired within three months of beginning their job search. With top resume, you get a 60-day interview guarantee, get two times more interviews, or get your resume rewritten for free. That's right, for free. Top resume also offers resume critique service, including a confidential comprehensive review from trusted experts, objective feedback on how well your resume communicates your skills and expertise and personalized recommendations on how to make your resume stronger. Woo, that's a lot. Go to topresume.com slash Ruben to get a free resume review. That's topresume.com slash Ruben. Upload your resume today and let their team of experts give you free advice on how to make it stronger. Special offer to Ruben Report listeners and viewers. Top Resume is offering 15% off professional resume writing services. That's topresume.com slash Ruben for a free review and 15% off resume writing services. Topresume.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, let's talk about Tony Bubulinski, which just, it just seems like the perfect name for everything that's going on in the world right now. Tony Bubulinski, they're gonna look back what was it like back in 2020? Well, we had you know the guy with dementia and the orange guy and everybody was going crazy. There were riots on the streets. We had pandemics, nobody had a job, blah, blah, blah. And then Tony Bubulinski showed up and then, and then all hell really broke loose. So look, Tony Bubulinski is a former business partner with Hunter Biden. Uh, they were working with this Chinese firm. He, he seems to know the family quite well and apparently Tucker is gonna release more audio of some conversations tonight. But last night, uh, Tucker interviewed Tony Bublinski. Uh, we're gonna play just a portion of it and, and then we'll decipher it a little bit. But again, I, I bring everything back to this story only matters if you're paying attention to it. And a lot of people just will not see it. And, and that's a big issue. Uh, but Tucker really did a great job with this last night. And, and you read Tony Bublinski's words, listen to his words, read his body language. Does this guy seem like a fraud and a liar? Uh, he's also a Navy vet, by the way, and remember Colonel Vindman, he was a Navy vet and he didn't like Trump, so we had to believe him, otherwise you're besmirching the good name of the Navy. Well, now we're ignoring this Navy guy. Uh, so let's take a look at the clip. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. We're gonna devote the entire next hour to a single interview, something we've never done before. In this case, it's a conversation with a man called Tony Bobolinsky. Bobolinsky is the former business partner of James and Hunter Biden, of course, the brother and the son of the current Democratic candidate. A lot has been written about Hunter and James Biden recently, but our story is not about them tonight, sleazy and shocking as some of those details are. The story we're about to tell you is instead about Joe Biden, the man who just days from now could be elected president of the United States. Joe Biden, and we can tell you this with certainty, 
had direct personal involvement with his family's business dealings in communist China and likely in other countries as well. The former vice president, of course, has vehemently denied that. He is lying. Tonight, we can prove that. Before we begin, a word about Tony Bobulinski. Bobulinski is not a conventional whistleblower. He has no political agenda to the extent he has supported candidates in the past. He's given exclusively to Democrats. Nor is he seeking money now from this story. This is not a shakedown of the Bidens or of anyone else. Bobulinski is already rich, significantly rich. He is a significant figure in American finance. And that's exactly why the Biden family sought him out in the first place. They had no idea how to structure the deals they hoped to cash in on, so they enlisted Tony Bobulinski to do it for them, to do the math. Now they're attacking him as an agent of Russian disinformation. And that's why Bobulinski is appearing on this show. It is an effort to clear his family's name of that slur. He had no choice. The rest of the national media have suppressed his story. Reporters have ignored, intentionally ignored, and in many cases dishonestly distorted, scores of documents proving that Bobulinski's account is true. Never in American history have more power centers in this country aligned to kill a legitimate news story in the days before an election. Okay, so that was obviously Tucker's intro last night. And then the entire hour, as he said, he's never done it before, was the interview with Tony Bobulinski. Uh, you can find the interview either on the Fox website or you can see the, the clips all over, all over Twitter and everywhere else. But I wanted to play that actually because the, the essence of it is right there, that this guy is not in it for the money. He's very wealthy. That's why the Bidens brought him in, all of that. And we, look, everyone can, can whittle this down to, okay, Biden may be a corrupt politician and everybody's corrupt and they all do these things and Hunter Biden and all the money he was getting from Burisma with no, with no expertise in, in oil and energy and all of these things. Like, and I think partly in a certain way, when people are locked at home and, and your job and the country feels like it's like in a very tenuous position that maybe this story doesn't get a certain amount of the coverage that it would get in normal times. And, and maybe some of that at some level is actually warranted because we have problems that are like literally in our home right now. Um, however, the idea that, that the media is going to ignore this because it hurts Biden when we know, I mean, really try to, really try to think this through. If this was reversed, if it turned out that Donald Trump Jr., Donald Trump's son, had business contacts with a Chinese firm and there were audio tapes of saying, you know, in essence, you're gonna bury us if you release all of this. And Donald Trump Jr. had no expertise in any of the things that he was getting paid for and all of this. Do you think the media would be running with it, yes or no? I mean, the obvious answer is yes. Let's not forget there was a week, about a year and a half ago, where everyone was freaking out because Donald Trump Jr. had 15 minute lunch or meeting on the Upper East Side with a Russian. And of course it turned out to be nothing. So again, what we all want, what, or we all, what, what thinking people want is an honest, decent, nonpartisan media. And we just don't have it anymore. And in many ways that I think is sort of the driver behind a lot of the Trump campaign for the people that don't necessarily consider themselves traditional conservatives or for the people that have certain reservations about Trump, that's totally legit. But people want the mainstream media destroyed and it should be destroyed. This shouldn't be left to Tucker Carlson having to do an hour with this guy and then only right-wing media push this 
on Twitter, but that is what it's left with. And then, and then what you'll get actually is the complete reverse. So the New York Times might write a story about it, but they'll write a story about it and how it's part of the right-wing misinformation network. They'll never actually address whether any of it's actually true. And we know that if the, if the shoe was on the other foot that they would obviously be running with it if it could take down, uh, if it could take down Donald Trump. So anyway, do a little research on your own. This is one of those stories, guys, where don't take my word for it. Don't take Tucker Carlson's word for it. Don't even take Tony Bobolinsky's word for it. But watch some of the clips. And I'm sure over the next few days, we'll probably play a couple more of them. But I don't want to get lost in the, in the total nitty gritty of it. But it does sound like some pretty deep corruption was going on. And that the very reason, the very reason that Hunter Biden uh, and his uncle, Joe Biden's brother, the reason that they were doing all of this was because they had access to Joe Biden and that could help their business. That is what government corruption is. I don't think most politicians are above it, but that is what it is. And perhaps that colors your feelings on whether you want to uh, vote for the guy or not. Let's not forget, this is a week after we were watching the last debate last week and Biden was going on and on about how Trump wanted to build a, a golf course somewhere. I think it was actually in China and, he, and it was that he was trying to make contracts so that he could get a road built to his golf course there. And it's like, yes, that's why he became president because he wanted to have a, a road built to a golf course. It's all, it's all just silliness, but the asymmetry between one side is gonna get pillared for something and one side's gonna get away with it. Uh, that, that is the bigger problem. Uh, let's jump over to the to the final story of uh, of the day today, and then, as I said, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote in person, and then I'll mail in a couple extra ballots because that's apparently what you do these days. Um, the final story is that there were massive, massive riots in Philadelphia last night. We actually also had riots here in Los Angeles downtown. That was because the uh, the LA Dodgers won the World Series. I forgot to watch baseball starting about seven years ago, and then I, I just stopped watching. But the Dodgers did win the World Series. Uh, congrats to my new director, Connor. He's a big fan. Uh, first time since 88. I did watch that World Series, Tommy Lasorda, Oral Hershiser. I remember that one. Um, and then there were riots, of course, downtown. And you know, you're not going to believe this, guys. As they're looting stores and uh, assaulting people and, and you know, basically hijacking trucks and grabbing what's ever in the back and handing it to people, some of the protesters were not wearing masks. It's like, you know, come on, people. At least put the mask on for the rioting. I mean, whatever. Anyway, that happened in Los Angeles. That wasn't directly related to social justice, I suppose. Uh, but in Philadelphia, uh, um, there was an incident where police officers shot a man by the name of Walter Wallace Jr. Now, he was holding a knife. I'm not even gonna get into it any, anything beyond that. If you don't wanna be shot by police officers, don't, don't bring a, a knife, don't literally bring a knife to a gunfight. Um, it will be up to the investigators and the legal systems to decide if they overreacted and what happened and everything else. But I'm just putting it out there that the simple fact is, and the way that the media is covering this as usual, cops shoot black men, and then you find out in paragraph eight, if you, if you bother going down that far, and virtually nobody does these days, that, that he had a knife. Anyway, this was the perfect excuse for Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the rest of their Cobra soldiers to get out on the streets and just cause absolute chaos and destroy stores and attack people and everything else. Let's just, we had a zillion clips that we could have chosen from actually. Um, and several of them we had to not use because uh, there are often people screaming things at cops that are so defamatory that we know that the way the YouTube algorithm works, if, if you do that, you immediately get demonetized and then pushed down in the algorithm. So we had to find one that, that wouldn't work here, but they're all over Twitter. You're not gonna see them on CNN, obviously. Uh, take a look.
Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Damn! Oh! Get him! Yeah! 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 That's what I like. What the I like it. That's what I like. Yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yo! All right, uh, putting aside the narration of that guy, which sounds sort of insane, um, those are cops running away from the protesters. They're throwing things at them, they're attacking them. There's a video of a car plowing into some police officers. Uh, there are stores, Walmart was absolutely decimated, a sports store was attacked. Um, uh, Elijah Schaefer, who has a show on The Blaze, he was reporting from Philadelphia, he got assaulted by a mob. I mean, they totally busted up his lip and he, he stayed out there keep, and continued to report. Um, and this is, and, and apparently the uh, the Philadelphia, the National Guard was there, but they stood down. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of weird things happening, but Philadelphia was basically on fire. It will be on fire again tonight. Uh, yes, it's a Democrat run city. Yes, two days ago, he said it was peaceful when it started to not be peaceful. Um, but nobody's going to stand up for this. I mean, th this is what, if you live in a Democratic-run city, the simple truth at this point, whether you live in L.A. or Philly or Ferguson or any of these cities, they're all run by Democrats, and the Democrat base is this. It just is this. Those, any of those people that are actually voting, they're Bernie people. They're burn-it-all-down people, as Pete Buttigieg said to Bernie during the primaries. You're for burning it all down, and, and we're finding out, in essence, that is the truth. The, the anarchists, the Marxists, all of these people—they they don't want to win in a in a conventional way because it, in it in that regard that that would be giving legitimacy to the system. But they want to delegitimize the entire system. Um, look, can you protest peacefully? Of course you can. You should be out there. You can march. You can use signs. You should use your voice. These are the most American things. And by the way, I never, never see anyone on the right any conservative or anything like that, telling people that they can't protest. You're allowed to protest, but what we have started to allow, because we seemingly don't have any adults in the room anymore, but particularly in Democratic-run cities, what we've started to allow is you are allowed to break into stores, you are allowed to loot, you are allowed to burn things down, you're allowed to take down monuments you don't like. Are people being arrested? Well, actually, we know that in Portland and Seattle, the few people that were arrested immediately get released and then, um, spectacularly talented, uh, you know, uh, actors, I think like um, Mark Ruffalo, uh, the Hulk, uh, they, they then pay money. And I think Leonardo DiCaprio did it too, and a few other people, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the, in the comment section, and I'm sure you will, uh, but, but then actors start paying for the bail to get these guys out of prison. If you destroy property, if you burn down a store, if you attack people on the streets, you're a criminal. And if we are going to be a society of laws, which is the only way you can organize a society, you may not like all the laws, but it's the only way to do this thing, then we need to start arresting people. But what also happens, and this is what the real danger is, when you have these clowns like Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, who's constantly undermining the police department, the police hate de Blasio. That then causes all sorts of people that are close to retirement, they retire. Then young recruits that should be in the police department, they don't even wanna take those jobs because they know they're not gonna be defended by the administration that they work for. 
Uh, this has happened before and it'll happen again. New York City uh, and my, my great-grandparents and my grandparents, uh, my grandma lived in New York City. I, I grew up in the suburbs, but we used to, we used to go to New York City in the, in the days of David Dinkins before Giuliani and it was a disaster. I remember, I swear to you, I remember driving into the city once and we get through the Midtown Tunnel and we're right outside and they would have all these homeless people and they would come out and they'd, they'd have like dirty soapy water with like a newspaper. They'd be wiping your window like that. And I remember this, the, um, it smelled like just the smell. I couldn't believe the smell of the city and you know, just potholes everywhere and everything was dirty and disgusting and Times Square, you'd never go to Times Square. Well, unless you would never go to Times Square unless you were, you were in, into, unless you were buying drugs, basically. I was 12, I wasn't buying drugs. But I remember thinking, I remember saying to my parents, like, I, I would never wanna live here. Now, ultimately, I ended up living in New York City for most of my adult life, and I loved it, and you're not gonna believe this. It's because of Rudy Giuliani. It was because a conservative came in after the progressive nutbag Dinkins ruined the city and businesses left and everything else. And then Giuliani came in, cleaned it up, got rid of drugs, got rid of homeless, totally reimagined Times Square. I'm sure most of you have been to Times Square. You may not like that it looks like Disneyland, but it's clean and safe, or at least was before the pandemic. And then what happens? Well, then we had Bloomberg and he was sort of like half Republican, half half Democrat, more Democrat, but basically he was a, he was a competent manager of the city. Uh, and, then, and then what do they do after that? Well, then they bring in a progressive because then they decide to ruin it again. And what will happen? Well, they'll get, they'll get somebody like Giuliani to clean it up eventually. But the question always with progressives is how much destruction can they sow before the, the mean conservative has to clean it up? So anyway, there are tons of these videos about Philadelphia. Uh, I saw, and again, this goes to the reality war thing that I keep pushing with you guys. Um, Jake Tapper on CNN, he is from Philadelphia. He tweets about Philadelphia often. Um, out of his last like 20 tweets until about 20 minutes ago since I started this, so I can't comment on what he's done since I've been live here. Um, he had one tweet about the violence. He had a zillion other anti-Trump tweets. And it's like, you guys are exposing yourselves constantly. And again, I don't hate Jake Tapper. I think he's the last semi-decent person at, at CNN. That, that's not saying much, but I, I think there's something there. But it's like, shouldn't you be uh, showing people about the violence in the city that you grew up in, in, in the city that you know you purport to love? I, I think you probably should. Uh, anyway, uh, six days from the election, I'm gonna go vote in person now, then I'll mail out a couple other, uh, <laughs> a couple other voter registration cards or whatever it is. Uh, I'll be doing that today. That's a joke, by the way. I know media matters. Now you see, right wing leader of the alt-right, Dave Rubin announces he's voting in person and will be mailing in Voter card, ah, we're media matters, we stink. Um, yes, I'm only voting once, you freaks. Uh, I will vote once, I'm gonna do that now. Uh, I think you guys know who I'm voting for. I'll do a, a more broad video about that probably on Friday. We're gonna do shows five days a week this, this week. Um, but get out there, keep fighting for what you, what you believe in, folks. Uh, six days, again, I'll say it every day, Till then, it's gonna get crazier. And by the way, then after it gets crazier, it gets crazier too. Um, but I'll, I'll do more on, on who I voted for and predictions and all that uh, throughout the rest of the week. Thanks for watching everybody. Oh, and if you want to uh, see some good news, we just posted an interview uh, with Marion Tupi from Human Progress on our, on our YouTube page and on the podcast, obviously. And you can hear that there are awful lot of good trends happening in the world things related to the economy, things related to health, 
things related to the environment. There are actually good markers out there, but nobody shows them to you. Uh, so we thought that it would be an interesting interview to put up this week, just like some good trends that are out there because they are out there. So you can check that out on YouTube. Thanks for watching, everybody. I'm off to do my duty as an American citizen. Goodbye.